0: Hi, everybody. Welcome to episode 17 of the International Game Developers Association Twin Cities Chapter Podcast. I'm going to find a way to say that even faster. <laughs> it's me and Tori tonight. I'm your host, Ryan. Hey, and... I'm Tori. You know. Yeah. The audio guy. It's us again. Yeah. <laughs> I still haven't found a good moniker for myself. I'm the other guy. I guess when it's just me and you, I'm the,
1: you're the audio guy and I'm the other guy. Yeah, but your other is pretty awesome. Oh. I've seen what your other can do. Mm. And it depresses me. I'm just gonna say that. Depresses you? <laughs> it, <laughs> it it represses me, unfortunately. Uh, hey Tori. <laughs> what have you been up to, man? Um, actually life has been kind of insane right now. I've had a bunch of uh, uh we're fastly approaching beta in Drox Operative and it's kind of consuming like all my time. Um and I just got a big list of uh uh, additional assets to, to put in uh, recently. So I've been hammering away at that. And hey, uh, all right. yeah, well, I mean, this is your big to do, and, and it, it's interesting to me. So give an example like you would get a dog barking or something like that as an audio asset you need to get. Oh, sure. Or well, well, this is it's all in space essentially. So a lot of it I just have to create with synths and then layering like uh, leather, layering, layering something on top of it from the real world. So um, say so you had to do something like um,
0: a well, satellite example, uh, crash yeah. into an asteroid. So what would well, you do to do
1: something like that? For a satellite crashing, well, um, or a more depends t- on the... Sounds, yeah. yeah. Well, for example, the um, I have a, a bunch of different missiles that I had to do recently. And so the trick was to make the missile sounds a little bit different so that if you... A lot of times you don't have enough time to see them as they're coming at you. Um, so I wanted to make sure that the the listener could hear the missile, recognize that it's a missile sound, but still put a kind of different tweak on it. Mm-hmm. Um, so they're like, oh, that's an Omega missile or that's a Nanomite missile or something like that. So I, I started off with the kind of the base missile sound, and then I started running filters over the top of it. Um, so there's always this bass missile sound that would always be the same. And then I'd start adding these filters. And then just create a little seamless loop, Um, so you sort of it would sound like something is projecting at you, um, but everything sounds a little bit different. Okay. So um, So there was about eighteen different ones. So it was it was hard uh, to (laughs) make sure Uh they sounded different. Um, But yeah, that was that was kind of what I was doing.
0: All right, I got you.
1: I was just wondering, you know, like
0: how much of it was fully and how much of it was, um, you know total synth or what or you just um in the microphone
1: going oh yeah yeah um yeah a lot of like the laser type sounds then i i just use synths and then i usually i sort of sort of deconstruct the sound so like especially if it's a larger laser there'll be like a little build up and then there'll be like kind of a shoot and then kind of a um fizzle or something yeah exactly so I try. I sort of build it in three different parts, and then a lot of times I'll have to layer those parts too, mm-hmm. just to make them sound good, and then kind of EQ them and stuff like that. But yeah, I try to break those sounds into three parts. Sometimes, if I'm really lucky, it all just works out, and it's just one sound. But usually, yeah, it's it's quite a bit of layering going on.
0: All right.
1: And then, uh, but a lot of like ship sounds, uh, um, I, I've used uh, Foley for, for example, like um, uh, for the. Uh, the thrusting sound, I actually just went, and then I just ran a bunch of filters on it. And uh, and then also for like clanks on the ship and stuff like that, I'd bang stuff in my garage and bring it back in and just kind of run some filters on them and scrunch them together and move them around to make them sound like you're hitting the hull of a ship or something like that. So, mm-hmm. yeah, um, when it's organic, I, I try to record it um, if I can, because I, I just, I kind of love, I love field recording. So whenever I get a chance to do that, I do it.
0: Yeah, no, I get that. I, I've, I've done that before. That's yeah. I, I
1: don't really have the tools to make sounds, so
0: I would go out and try to find something that I could use to make it.
1: Yeah. Or, you know, slobber all over my microphone kind of thing. <laughs> <laughs> hey, vocalizations, they're way underused, and uh, it's, it's a really quick way to get to the sound that you want to hear. Sometimes you may not end up using it, but at least you get it out and you're like, yes, that's what I'm looking for. I just need to make something that sounds a little bit, I don't know, whatever but um i do use a a fair amount of vocalizations um either either as bass sounds or as sweeteners so yeah oh yeah i love making weird noises into my mic with my mouth (laughs) (laughs) all right and uh yeah and
0: then as as sound uh, recording or as in multiplayer gaming
1: (laughs) (laughs) that's right that's right and then uh i've just been teaching and i'm actually coming up um this is my second last week for the semester for the uh, quarter and so Didn't making you? content for that. I, I swear I had talked to
0: you and you were like grading finals or something
1: like that. Oh mid uh mid, mid-terms. midterms. Yeah, yeah. So um that's actually going really well. And then um I've been able to play Diablo three a little bit, which is kinda cool. Um not a whole lot, but I've been able to tuck in a few minutes here and there. And yeah, well I think we'll touch on that later. Yeah. Okay. How about yourself, man? What you been up to? Um
0: Boy, what have I been up to? Well, the most important thing is that I saw Battleship.
1: Ooh, yes. Was it everything you'd hoped it would be?
0: It was actually more than I thought it would be. I oh. liked it. I thought it was a decent movie. I thought they did a good job. Um, the Battleship tie-in was stupid. <laughs> yeah. You know, it, yeah. I still say it's just a money grab. As Hey, sure. we're making this Navy movie, and we're going to use a Battleship. We should tie it into the Battleship game in somehow. And their integration of you know shoot this grid coordinate kind of stuff <laughs> yeah. is the worst part of the movie. Sure. But but otherwise, I liked it. it. It's funny. I was talking to somebody afterwards, and they're like, "What'd you think?" And I said, "I uh, somebody else who had seen it, and uh, you haven't seen it, have you?" No, I haven't seen it. No. Well, there, it's not gonna ruin anything. But there's this um, uh, Japanese guy at one point, and they're they have to get. A gun out for something, and so it's this guy and the other guy and uh, an American, and they're talking about like, "Are you a good shooter?" And he says, "Yes," and he <laughs> says, uh, "Summer camp," and um, it's a comedic moment because the American takes a a, a beat and then says, "Summer camp," <laughs> <laughs> right? <laughs> and the whole point being is that if you work with the the military at all. Mm-hmm. And even if you're Japanese or something like a huge amount of our military bases are, are camp this or camp that. Mm, and the that idea you. that this, you know, <laughs> Japanese guy wouldn't know the word for camp. I was like, hey, now. <laughs> <laughs> um, but otherwise, I, you know, I gave it. I liked it. It's stupid in so many ways that they travel all the way across, you know, the universe and then or uh, galaxy. And you know, then just kind of throw grenades around. But
1: I mean, was, <laughs> yeah,
0: there's some stuff not explained, but that I'm not against that necessarily. But sure, I liked yeah. it. I don't know, I liked it. It was definitely navy porn, which you don't see a whole lot of. So. <laughs> uh, cool, big ships and big guns. Right on. So yeah, I saw that. Um, the the game tie-in was the stupidest part of the the movie. It was unfortunate, but I hear you. But I also saw Avengers, which is a much better movie. I'd actually see Avengers again; it was good. But I went with my nine-year-old, who was really into it. So there's one point in the movie where the Hulk like looks at the camera and screams, and it's supposed to scare you. Mm-hmm. And he like leapt, he jumped, right? <laughs> and I jumped too. it; scared me too. I, I totally admit it. But um, which is great, like you get that burst of whoa and yeah. so i made fun of him a little bit ah that scared you and he, and he goes no no it did not. i just had a shiver <laughs> <laughs> have you seen avengers yet no i haven't seen oh, okay is your wife I... into those kind of things at all no yeah mine not. either but i got three boys so i am set
1: yeah. for that you are yeah you can pretty much like be like you guys we're gonna go see this and this and this and be like okay it's for my kids all right but, oh, exactly. Yeah. I got to see real steel. I'm like, yo, you guys want to see real
0: steel, do ya? It's about robots punching each other. Are you interested? <laughs> okay, let's go. <laughs> oh,
1: right on. Right so, on.
0: That was the most important thing. But um otherwise, yeah, Fireman Run, you mentioned it. I haven't done a whole lot. Kind of been I don't know, just not finding the energy lately. I, I had developed a whole bunch of tools to help it help make it work better. Like yeah. you can go through now and you can um you can just add a building and it'll throw a building at the end of your length of run. Oh, sweet. And That's then you, cool. you pick the building and you say, All right, I want it to be, you know, ten rooms wide and, and fifteen stories tall and I want it to be building type three and it'll build it for you.
1: Oh sweet. That's yep. awesome.
0: So it, that that works pretty decent. Um Bill gave me a whole bunch of new art for like the inside windows and Outside windows, and he made some great, like, um, uh, billboard type art. Sure, yeah. And you know, <laughs> so, yeah, you know, we're trying to decide if you're fired is <laughs> be okay or not. Because I said, J- just put some goofy looking guy with a horrible uh hairdo, you know. Yeah. it's a very stylistic <laughs> game, so it's minimal colors and really jagged lines, so it'd be very, very you know, old age cartoony kind of. And it would just say, You're fired.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I like it. So
0: that's <laughs> no, cool. Uh, other than that, like I went bundle hunting. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is, but I and I'm I know I've talked about it, but I like to collect games or find deals more than I like to play them.
1: <laughs> yeah. No, I hear you. I understand.
0: So like I started I'm like on my laptop, a game that I got way back from the beginning of my my Steam sort of inception in one of the first bundles is uh, a game called Efloria. I think is how it's pronounced. Oh, sure, yep. And um, it was installed on my laptop, so I started playing it. And once you know it, you know, the, the Memorial Day weekend is gone, and I put 20 hours into that game. <laughs> and I'm only halfway through it. And and um, I'm like, why did I do this? I could have, like, played Mass Effect 3, which I still haven't played. But Efloria. Uh, definitely tickles me in my uh, sort of simulation place that I like.
1: Yeah. No, I've heard a lot of really cool things about that. So
0: Yeah, I really like those games. That it, it, I mean, to sum it up real quick is you have planets and you get to decide and you have seedlings, which are basically little spaceships in a way, and you get to decide if you plant a tree that grows more seedlings faster or if you send those seedlings off to conquer another planet, say. So you end up in this balance of all right. Well, I need to get more, grow more seedlings, so I can have an army big enough to defeat the other guy. Mm. But meanwhile, he's doing the you know the computer is doing the same thing. Sure. So you have to you know figure out a way to curb his growth while getting your growth to go further. And it's a sort of a slow game, but it's really f- oh I don't know it 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 got me. It no, to- it sounds cool. And um. So anyway, there's there's a lot of bundles going on now. There's there's Groupies, there's Indie Kick in the Face, there's Bundle in a Box, <laughs> uh, the the Indie Music, uh, Indie Game Music Bundle is going on right now. Did that? That's just music, but is that still going on? It just yeah, it just started a day or two ago. Oh cool. Um, I'm not sure how long that one goes, but a lot of these bundles go for a pretty decent amount of time now. But then there's another one called um, Because We May. Have you heard of this one? No. So I'm sure the podcast will come out after May is over, but the idea is that um, there's a lot of services out there that developers can sell their game on, games on. Sure. And because we may is promoting the markets in which the developers get to decide their price. Oh, cool, cool. So the concept is because we may, you know, it's because we can, right? We're we're just, we're dropping the price as a deal this May. Or part of May, you know, it was like the last week of May. So, Shadley Chambers is on there. I oh, sweet. To Rob, and he did it, and he said, "Wow, we got a bump in sales because of this." Oh, that's cool. Yeah, but I mean, of course, dropping the game, you know, seventy-five percent can can do it too. But it's a uh, it's good. Oh, that's really cool. So, oh, and um, yeah. So, I bought a bunch of stuff on Steam because of it, and more games to put in my collection and never play I guess <laughs> <laughs> but it's funny I playing this uh, mobile game called little stars little Wars ah and it's you know basically nodes and send your ships out to
1: the other node to capture the node I'm like hmm so actually there was a, a pretty crazy cool deal going on for Memorial weekend for on the Android market or Google Play I should say and uh, I picked up gravitron you ever played that one at all No. It's kind of fun. Essentially, you're just like this evil alien, and you just got to go down and destroy humanity, essentially. But you just the way you destroy stuff is you have this little hook, like this little claw that goes down and picks stuff up, and you just kind of throw it around. But then you get say if you pick up a farmer, your mission will be to abduct five more farmers. So it kind of adapts to what you're doing. And it's it's kind of, you know, a bit of a no-brainer. It does get a little more, more difficult, but Um, it's cool to be able to just create havoc and, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm pretty impressed by that game. What's it called? It's called Gravitron. Gravitron. Yeah. Okay. I heard Gravitron. It's okay. Oh, Gravitron, huh? And, uh, so, or like another example is if you, uh, if you blow up a police car somehow, then it suddenly says your new mission is to destroy four more police guys or something like that. Or if you pick up a bale of hay, it says crush five sheep with a bale of hay. Oh, interesting. It looks interesting. It's yeah, installing. And, it, and it's sort of... Um, free. It's free. Oh, you got a better deal than I did.
0: Why? <laughs> I don't understand why so many things are free for me.
1: Weird. You got the hookup, man.
0: I, I, I don't know what's going on. I think I do because like a bunch of the stuff on the Because We May, it says it's on sale for $0.99. Cents and I go and it's free. And I'm like, oh, oh okay. 100% right off, it says right now. Done. <laughs> so indie game sale, indie game sale.
1: Yeah, one thing cool. that's interesting about that game too is that it has, when, when you start, it, every time you start a game, you get to choose whether you're gonna um, have uh, the tilt controls or the uh, like your finger controls. And I found that if you're laying down, you can't really pull off the tilt controls. Sure, um, yeah. But but they are kind of cool when you're you're propped up a little bit because then it, then you can pull it off. But it's interesting to see how much the gameplay. Kind of changes depending on what control scheme you're using. Cool. I mean, right. it, it doesn't it doesn't change the gameplay, but it, you're, it's easier to do certain things in, in in the different control styles. So you tend to do stuff a different way just because of the way you're controlling it.
0: Well, I now have it, so yeah, I will be playing it probably. <laughs> Some, I bought like four
1: other games for the. From my phone, and I haven't played any of them yet either. I know. (laughs) I did the same thing. But hey, you're supporting developers, so it's all good. That's how I justify it,
0: yeah. And as a sort of independent hobby developer that makes money on the side, I can write it all off. That's right. That's right. It's research. It is research. (laughs) That's a a trick out there for you kids. Save your business. Make a couple bucks. That's right. And write it all off.
1: Don't let the man bring you down. All right.
0: Um, well, I suppose we could kick into uh, what happened last month at the May meeting. Sounds good. Um, it was a pretty decent meeting, actually, full of surprises and twists in every possible way. <laughs> um, <laughs> it was, it was, uh, well, we'll get into it. Uh, a friend of mine who hadn't gone forever, he hasn't been for like a year, and he came and, um, He's like, you know, that was probably an interesting way to like change it up a bit. Uh, we'll get into it. Let's start with the the member project. Yeah. So, um, the member project was uh, a local studio that I believe has uh, just been built or formed. It's, yeah. Uh, a bunch of students. It's called From Nothing. Uh, I'm not sure if it's From Nothing Game Studios or just From Nothing Games. Not sure. But they presented their, their their game that's in development called uh, Grav Blocks. And uh interesting thing about it, at least especially for me, is um, one of the gentlemen involved, is his name is Paul Metcalf. I hope I'm pronouncing that right, Paul. Um, he was involved pretty heavily with the, like, little indie, or uh, let's make a game together initiative that I had tried for a while.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: So he was one of the core people in that when we were doing the... Yeah, what was that game called? I can't even remember. The corporate ladder, corporate or? ladder, escape from yeah. hell, or whatever other variant out yeah. of it. Yeah. So, um, I had known about his sort of been from the beginning, just in chats because we chat sure. pretty often. Um, but anyway, it's called Grab Blocks. It's this gravity block kind of puzzle game, sort of Tetrisy, I guess. Mm-hmm. But um, gravity will change on you,
1: um, and you can, and then blocks will move because of it. So, and, and it is, it, it's kind of hard to put a twist on anything anymore in this kind of genre because it feels like everything's been done, but I guess I haven't seen anything do a gravity change yet. So it was cool that they were able to find um, like a different, well, essentially a twist that they can put on it to make it stand out.
0: Yeah, I thought it was, it was kind of interesting. It is the sort of the unfortunate thing is, is that, you know, block matching games of this sort are kind of like not hard to find. Mm-hmm. Um, so it is sort of a saturated market. Um, but they, they did seem to have an interesting twist to it. Yeah. I, don't, I can't say I'm 100% sold on the idea, um, but I don't think I completely understand it. But I am part of their Kickstarter, so I funded them.
1: Oh, cool. That's, that's very cool. I, I, I do say the, the one thing, though, that uh, in their intro, they had those 3D blocks that look really, really nice. Yeah, they do and,
0: have and a nice thing there, don't they?
1: Yeah, so I was like, I was, I was a little bit, um, I was expecting that in the game, and I didn't see that. And I was like, oh, I really want to see that, because that looks so cool. So I hope they find a way to, to address that, because I think that kind of builds up your expectations a lot. And then you're like, what? where's those 3D blocks? But uh, <laughs> Yeah, right. I don't know, I just cool. I want, so I want cool. shiny plastic. I know. Give me neon. Give me me neon. (laughs) Oh, that's a
0: dude. That's a game right there. Give me neon. Give
1: me neon. Yeah. Right on. But, uh, you know, Hey, anytime anybody in this area starts making a game, I'm all off for it.
0: Oh yeah, absolutely. Especially it's a group of students for the most part. So, um, you know, they've had their bumps and stuff. They're, they're getting started. They got something for it. The, the Paul guy, uh, the, the Paul guy. Paul. <laughs> I'll just address him as Paul. Paul has, you know, he's done a lot of programming for this thing. And he's super yeah. proud of himself. And it's awesome to see him getting such enjoyment out of it. So um, this yeah. is, it's great. It's, it's one thing to go to school for something. It's another thing to employ it in your free time. Yeah. And game development is one of those things you could do, you know.
1: Oh, yeah. Because it is
0: extremely interesting. You know, if, if an artist went to school and only went to art classes and never did art otherwise, or musician for that matter, you know, what, what would the point be? Right. But it's a lot of the case actually. And, you know, like, um, engineers, you know, I'm an engineer. I didn't do a whole lot of engineering outside in my free time. Mm-hmm. I, mean, uh, I guess I do. I shouldn't say that for sure. So anyway, grab blocks.
1: Yeah. 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 Um, and, uh, I, 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 shows a I, lot of promise.
0: Yeah, I know that their, their Kickstarter was a little bit ambitious, so I don't think it's going to make it, but um, I'm pretty sure they're going to re-kick it so. Okay. with some lessons learned. <laughs> <laughs> it is a really tough concept to sell to somebody. Here's another block puzzle game. Right, right. Oh, uh, I was going to mention, have you ever played Puzzle Quest or Puzzle Quest 2? No, but I've heard a lot about it. Okay, so Puzzle Quest is a total match three game. Oh, I'm sorry, not Puzzle Quest 2, but it's their sequel to it, which was called like Galactatron or something like that. I can't remember what. But it was this weird... Um, it had like... I can't remember if it was a hex or a triangle kind of shape board, but the it was essentially balls, but they were aligned, you know, not in grid form and more of a hex shape, you know? Sure. And yeah. you had to make matches. And it took me a while to realize it, but But essentially, there wasn't gravity like a uh, normal block-matching match-three game, even though this space one was was match-three. But what it was is that when you say, because it was that hex shape, say you made a match and you drug from the bottom left to the top right to do your swap of two colors, right? Mm -hmm. That then dictated the way in which gravity would be applied and new blocks would be coming in.
1: Oh, okay. So it would follow your, sort of your last move, yeah, essentially? Yeah.
0: So oh. the when I was starting to play it at first, I thought it was just sort of random, like you didn't know. But then once I got to understand that every side of the hex, I'm pretty sure it was a hex, is at your disposal to bring in new pieces or colors. Mm-hmm. Um, it was a very, very interesting concept from uh, taking one of those match threes that, that you know, like if you just had a regular square when every time you made a match, it would pull from that direction in which you made that motion, sure it, yeah, uh, even that would be an interesting twist, which why is why I thought what I thought grab blocks was kind of gonna do, but it's not gotcha, what they, but. gotcha, anyway, on to the main presentation, this guy, my goodness, he had a lot to say. <laughs> But not in so many words. But not. He said a lot without saying <laughs> much at all, didn't he? Yeah. <laughs> so sort of unfortunate, um, his the gentleman's name was uh, Daryl Cousy. I'm pretty sure that's how you say his name. And he presented this amazing presentation on procedural content generation, uh, specifically using Unity 3D, just to sort of demonstrate his, his uh, ways of doing it. And... and Procedural content generation is one of those things that's a super interest to me. So, like, a great analogy is, like, the way Minecraft builds worlds. Mm -hmm. Um, Because it builds, you know, there's water and mountains and hills and snowy areas and all this stuff. And that's all procedural. Um, And so he, Daryl, presented um, a way in which those sort of things are done. And the interesting thing that
1: I alluded to was... So... Yeah, so uh, it was quite interesting in how this, pre- this presentation happened because, uh, as a matter of fact, the very morning that he was to give this presentation, his voice ran away from him, and I, I think he well he had some kind of some kind of bug in his throat, and he just couldn't talk at all. So he got a uh, a text to speech to do his whole presentation, which which is I mean that's pretty amazing because he did a really good job of writing it, I thought, uh, especially given the fact that I think he must have tailored that speech quite a bit to the fact that he wasn't speaking himself. And, um, and since it happened that morning, that was uh, pretty amazing. So he did a great job of like jumping between all the slides and his live demonstrations and then the actual text-to-speech. Yeah, it was so. really, as
0: I was alluding to earlier, that my friend had said that it made the presentation a lot more interesting Beyond its content, like just its presentation being sort of different and unique, made it interesting. Also, yeah, um, to you know, I, it's so it's unfortunate. It was still the content. His presentation was still very interesting. It would have been awesome to hear him speak it and really, you know, spew out the information. But he did an amazing job. Yeah, Zach had said that that yeah he lost his voice. He didn't bail he could have bailed <laughs> yeah. and that he took like an hour and a half and, and got that speech thing and all that stuff working so he figured out a way it was yeah, definitely
1: so that's just how he made the presentation which it which was and, pretty cool and I actually when it first started I wasn't sure if that was intentional or not so yeah. I, I thought maybe yeah yeah so it, yeah. Was, it was interesting to, to wait until the very end and <laughs> so I finally find out like yes his voice is actually gone right now
0: Yeah, see, I had he had mentioned what it was, but the speech to thing, the reading wasn't perfect, and so Mm -hmm, I didn't quite catch what that first bit was about him losing his voice, and so I had assumed. Yeah, I had assumed the whole presentation that he
1: was just somebody who didn't have a voice. That's what I had assumed. Yeah, and I I was, yeah, like I said, I didn't catch that either. So I was like,
0: because the way he did it, it seemed so natural, and yeah, I mean, he, yeah, it's like he had practiced. That sort of thing numerous times before, so when I found out that he had just done it like in an hour and a half of prep I'm like what I know <laughs> I mean that would explain the crazy like uh, window selection troubles he had, but right, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but otherwise, yeah, he did a good job, but yeah, the... the big thing was the content, the procedural content generation topic, so I, I, and he, he I did... was fascinated, I... yeah, he did do some really great. Um
1: analogies to music which i thought you were probably digging on so he's yeah. talking chords octaves and measures and that so. got my my brain racing too in straight up music terms even though he was using them to demonstrate more like straight up logic or um uh, the physical creation of a game but i was running off in into musical tangents of course <laughs>
0: yep so there's a lot of beauty in what he presented in the math and the performance of it um which you know a lot of some of the questions were like you know why not use perlin noise or something you know and sure he said you could do it but this you know like some of the beauty in it is in its i won't say simplicity but it's sort of mastering the use of hash he's using hash I think hash tables
1: see i don't know I don't know anything about that kind of stuff so that was that was kind of beyond me I understood what they were talking about but I don't understand how any of that works, really. <laughs> See, I don't understand music. So when he's doing the analogies, <laughs> I'm like,
0: chords, that's when you play more than one note at a time, right? <laughs> and octaves, there's
1: eight of those. Well, there's there's an infinite amount of octaves. But, well, well not, not many, to Yes. How about that? True.
0: True dad. True dad. Yeah, so, um, so in, if I can sum it and do a horrible job at it, I'm sure... Basically, he builds a a hash thing, which is like a big giant uh, random number kind of, and then he uses that um, in combination with uh, the music analogies were really strong and they're weakening me now. But the idea being that you'd have a bunch of chords, and so like if you were building a town, uh, an example chord would be say a blue house a red house a two-story house uh, a brown house you know a farmhouse, and then the octaves would be um like a suburban neighborhood or a uh, commercial area you know or whatever and um etc etc and then what happens is so you kind of randomly pound out chords and as you Play this music so to speak your octaves fill out
1: areas of a town does that make sense yeah but the the beauty of course is that that it all would happen in a logical way so uh so that this would all be produced in a way that was gameplay enabling so but, that that was, that was amazing
0: yep so the the like an example would be if you did it randomly you would and you had 10 building types including a gas station you would just get random things right so a gas station gas station gas station house it might not make any sense but in this case you can apply a little ob you know logic to it so to speak where you'd get clumps of um houses without you know a gas station in the mix say uh, and so they end up like a whole bunch of not necessarily blue houses but say of a certain type you know right and yeah it it his examples uh, through his little um, application really helped. You know, it started yeah. out with just a random mess of, he used temples and pillars and open planes. And once he started doing his bit shifting and that other stuff where he kind of layered stuff, and it, it I was like, yeah, all right, I got gotcha. you. Cool.
1: And you're right, having that visual demonstration of him doing it essentially live as he was going on really, really helped to sort of see how it would work and how, when you start way back, it doesn't make sense, but then you just kind of keep um, piling on these ideas until it just sort of works almost seamlessly. And uh, so, yeah, and, and it was neat because he—it um, was, you know, it's it can now be used for something like procedural content um, to create a world on the fly, or for sort of like prototyping something, or actually, you know, setting up your levels for gameplay. And also, it was also, um, he was showing it to use um, as a simulation of degradation in the environment or, uh, or the building up of the environment in kind of a logical way. So, as time goes on in these temples, stuff starts to fall apart and stuff. Um, so, yeah, the, the possibilities are kind of endless, really. Yeah, it's a smart way to
0: do kind of procedural stuff so that it looks more built than, yeah. than random. Yeah. It, was, it definitely tickled my interest. Uh, he and, uh, uh, i really want to say he lake lakehomegames.com um he runs a blog and he released his unity package and a transcript of the presentation because it turns out he had a computer speak it for him <laughs> 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 and slides from his presentation so it was pretty good
1: yeah and i just want want to say too that i of course was quite excited about what these possibilities would be for music so sort of generating Content. um, I don't know if it would necessarily be all that helpful in making it like permanent or you know your your set music, but it would it'd be just cool to see the experiments of what music on the fly using certain algorithms might make. And at the very least, it could inspire you to do something.
0: Yeah, you know, I thought that was an awesome question. It it almost seems like it it could be applied in some way. Like a DJ could totally take it and take these things go together somehow. You know, here's my. You know, like I mentioned last, last month that I used Acid, the right. audio programming thing. Yeah. Not programming, but clip thing. Yeah. You know, you could buy these discs of, say, rhythm and blues or jazz hits, and they all kind of, you know, it was all of a theme. Um, like, couldn't you come up with this sort of approach and apply that same sort of logic and randomly make not necessarily good music Right? Yeah. Oh, absolutely. You could come up with something that could, I don't know, spit out something that. Yeah, absolutely. Oh, man. I'm sort of surprised that there's not a whole lot out there that does that. But then again, you know, all the songs that we kind of really love
1: end up being, you know, the same four chords over and over and over and over (laughs) and over. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, yeah, I mean, I think as time goes on, we're going to see more and more of it. And um, so, yeah, it's. Ah, oh, I'm ex- I'm excited for the future. So I'm looking forward to uh, tearing apart his his stuff, and <laughs>
0: um, it's awesome that he released it. Turns out, yeah, I'm, I'm going to be able to do it at work. Hey, right on, right on. Yeah, I have to do. I have to investigate some terrain building with specifics of vehicles. So I'm gonna and road construction, track construction for. <laughs> something or other. So I'm gonna be like, well hell, this will do it.
1: <laughs> See, oh, that's perfect.
0: Apply it to making a racetrack for a car or something. Yeah. For
1: a car. Yeah, that's what I work with. Cars. So have you played any Diablo three at all? No, I have not. I can't I can't pull the trigger. How about you? Gotcha. Uh I have. I have. And uh oh, so what what uh did you play Diablo one and two? I did not no,
0: um okay, I quit gaming when I went to college, gotcha. um I stayed away wisely. well, I don't know, I feel like I missed out on so much now, actually, but it probably helped me get through school. Um, yeah, so no, I didn't do any uh, Diablo or Diablo 2. I have not uh, I've seen Diablo 2, and I understand the game, I mean, I played. Uh, mini uh, clone,
1: right? Right, and yeah. I mean,
0: it is sort of just a dungeon crawler, right? Um, and I, I, I'm i pretty sure I've mentioned that I absolutely loved like the hack and the net hacks, and yeah, yeah. But, uh, and I, did we talk about all at all about my torchlight experience in recent history?
1: I, I think we brought it up last a little bit, but I don't know yeah. how, how far in, in depth we went. D- did you play it much? I haven't played it at all yet. Okay. I own it, but I haven't played it. Yeah, right. Uh,
0: well, I was just wondering if you could make any direct correlations to Diablo, because I have not played Diablo 3 at all. So, Tori, tell, yeah. me, tell me your... Uh, how did it, How's it going? How do you like it? What do you think? Well,
1: I, I of course, haven't been able to play it enough, but uh, I think it's pretty astounding, actually. I think it's going it, to redefine some gameplay elements again, which uh, I think it kind of did in the first place. Um, some of the things it does really well is instead of, uh, there's always been this tradition, uh, especially in role-playing games, that you, you get your points and you need to assign them and you're sort of, you're sort of stuck with them. And so you, you sort of map out what your skills are going to be, but this game lets you just kind of throws it all away, And you, as you level up, more skills open up and you can essentially, essentially you have, um, Your sort of main attack, which is mapped to the left click, and a more powerful attack to the right click. And then you've got four powers to the one, two, three, and four. And all these... So as your powers open up, they also have like little slots underneath them that open up that do different things to that particular power. So the nice thing is that a skill that you get at level one is still going to be useful at level 30 if it suits your gameplay. Um, So...
0: yeah. I've heard good things about them like sort of going away from that typical level up tree selection kind yeah. of typicalness. And I don't know if that's good or bad. It It is definitely interesting. It sounds like it's it's really
1: working for you. Well, what I like about it is that you're you're free to try out different uh strategies. And um th- there is, there will uh, supposedly in the end there'll be bonuses for sticking with something once you have everything opened up because you'll get some kind of buff that will only allow certain stuff to be dropped or something like that. I don't know if that's actually in place or will ever be. Someone someone said that, but I, I've always kind of disliked it when a game forces you to choose that way. And the only way to really experience it would essentially to be go back, play that same character class, but this different tree. Yeah. So this lets you try it all out, and you just play with what you like. And I I love that. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I can appreciate that. Like. I was um,
0: explaining to somebody today, like, I'm not at that point in my life or being young and with a lot of time, where, yeah. like, NetHack was amazing and horrible at the same time. And <laughs> yeah. if if anybody out there doesn't know what NetHack is, but it's basically your ASCII version of a dungeon explorer, and it was brutal, brutal, um, Yeah. in that you could just go down a stairs and run into a dragon and this character you've had for eight hours dies. Yep. Because, you know, or you could die of hunger because you just haven't been lucky enough to find food. Mm-hmm. It became this hellish game for me, but I absolutely loved it. Like yeah. there's something about that discovery, I guess, so to speak, you know, Yeah. like yep. you think you understand it and then you employ this tactic and then it turns out, no, not good. So, yeah, there's an attraction for me that Diablo seems to be taking the other stint, but I think that that applies more to my gaming style now. True, like, although
1: Diablo uh, three does have the hardcore where you 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 die, it's over. So you can choose to do that if you want to.
0: Yeah, turns out when games have that, I don't choose it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So... <laughs> Kind of like it to be sort of fundamental. Sure. I don't. I shouldn't say I like it. It's that you have to really appreciate the game in a different way, mm-hmm. and it can be super frustrating. But it also oh, can yeah.
1: be really, really rewarding. Yeah, like I played so many, the crap out of Hack when it when I when I first found it like so many years ago.
0: Oh my gosh! So did I. But, well, yeah. then I got NetHack, and I'm like, I can be a Valkyrie. What? <laughs> then so. ended up liking it, but. You know, I'm like, yeah. screw this! I'm going to be the worst class ever. I'm going to be a priest or whatever.
1: I was always the yeah. tourist because he started with um, camera. From oh oh, see in hack he started with uh, um uh, spinach, so you oh. could yeah the possibility of getting your strength maxed <laughs> at the <laughs> very beginning, but he didn't have anything else.
0: He had a camera so,
1: in the very in in hack,
0: maybe not in hack,
1: maybe he did. I don't
0: remember. Net hack, he most assuredly did. I think somebody I did, that, yeah, because it wasn't much use. But if you were in trouble, you could take a picture and blind them. <laughs> and so <laughs> yes. then they would their little character, whatever letter they were, they would just bounce around the thing and yeah. you could run away because they yeah. would randomly run. But I mean that, I mean you had your little dog and oh god, I love yeah. Hack. yeah. Anyway, Diablo Torchlight sort of was supposed to tickle that same sort of itch, but didn't.
1: Well, it was pretty popular, though, from what
0: I hear. I like Torchlight. I did. It's got that, it's definitely got that leveling up sort of thing. Sure. That, like, you know, the NetHack, you'd level up, but all it really meant was stats that would level. Right. Which means that whatever equipment you're using would be more efficient. Right. Right. So you would, you know, you go up a level, so now your attacks do 8% more damage or something like that. Right. Whereas in Torchlight, that stuff is true, but also you can use higher level weapons, which do more damage right um,
1: yeah well, I guess that's another thing that Diablo three did right too is that it's the the loot is insane the the it, you kind of feel like borderlands like you just you can't wait to get that next thing, and they do a really really smart job of dropping some stuff that you can use, but a lot of stuff that you can't use until you get a level or two so you're like, okay, I really want to use this, so I just I just need to Get myself another level so I can use this. And then of course as soon as you get that, something had just dropped that's another level higher. So, oh,
0: that's that's that hook of those games.
1: Yeah. It's yeah.
0: um I, I tend to like grind in games actually, because uh all right, I need a thousand gold and then I can buy that fire sword and then I right. get that fire sword. Well, I have to use it. Yeah. yeah. What? There's an a fire and ice sword for twelve thousand yeah. or yeah. Yep. It's this vicious circle of awesome
1: and the other thing that they did too is that there's there's a, an artisan and a i uh, can't remember what this is called like a, a gem dude, and so the artisan you he's like essentially a blacksmith, but you can pay to level him up, and he'll get more recipes and can make higher level gear for you, um, which is every time you make a gear it's there's random properties on it, but you can and it costs a ton of money to level him up but you can also salvage gear that you find that's no use to you and salvage it to him, and then you'll get parts so you can make the new gear. So it's like, yeah, the loot, the loot was just done so marvelously in this game. Cool. Uh, yeah. Ugh. Yeah, Torchlight, I felt like I was getting overrun with
0: crap. <laughs> uh, at, at least your pet could take crap and sell it. Sure, yeah. So you could get money in that way. But Anyway, yeah, Diablo three is definitely on my to-do list. Like, um, I just couldn't pull the sixty dollars trigger, man. Sure. Just.
1: And the thing about Blizzard, it's not going to drop forever. So no, <laughs> unfortunately, it's not
0: is it. Well, I wonder what you can get StarCraft two for now. Like that would be a good example.
1: Well, like the Diablo two Ward chest is still selling for like, I don't know, twenty nine forty bucks after I all know. these years, which I is know. insane. So I don't know.
0: Yeah. Maybe I should just buy Diablo 2. The uh I really ought to just go get the demo of 3.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. Let's see if you like it. Oh, you know what? I can give you a guest pass. Let's you play all the way through act 1 for free.
0: That is, you know, one of the billion things about um Blizzard the way they do those passes.
1: Yeah. Cuz
0: like get when, I got, when I got StarCraft, uh neighbor guy just happened to come over when I was playing it and and he's like, "What's that?" and I'm like, "StarCraft." And he's like, "Oh, you know is it any good is it any good and i'm like here here's a 48 hour or or you know number of missions i can't remember what it was and he did it yeah he uh he wanted to know if you could get it for free or if you could just borrow the game i'm like no (laughs) fortunately blizzard is smarter than you are in that regard
1: well and of course now the diablo 3 thing only online always online
0: so yeah that's that's... I guess a disappointment to some people. Oh, I mean, we haven't mentioned. Did you have any problems with the... Uh, w- oh, yeah. You got it?
1: Oh, yeah. Yep. I couldn't log in the the first day I had it. Okay. So, and they've had a couple other login issues too, which is surprising since they run WoW, which is the biggest MMO in the world. So you'd think they would have foreseen that, but um, it, it's never been more than like, I don't know, 12, 24 hours which okay. which you know granted you paid for a game it should be running <laughs> but uh i haven't had any crashes i just haven't been able to log in every now and then
0: yeah that's the the what i've heard is there's a number of people that can't even play or weren't able to play just it just wouldn't work because they weren't able to connect it yeah. really sucks for this game that's sort of single player that, right that you couldn't play it right but, but part of me wonders too is like um did the demo require or was the demo not released pre No the demo was wasn't the totally the demo out available before the the game was released? Or am I thinking I don't,
1: completely I know wrong? they had an open I think they had an open beta. It was the beta. I bet you it was the beta I'm thinking. So never mind. Oh well. But, uh,
0: I just I know they had a rocky start. They had a lot of problems. Uh, but apparently they've had you know they're now the world record holder for the fastest selling yeah. game ever. I yep. I I mean this is them saying it. So take that with a no, I've, assault, I've heard but... that.
1: I've actually heard that uh, from a couple different sources, too. So I think that's actually true. Beat uh, Modern Warfare 3. So, yeah. Modern, modern shooter? Modern Yeah, beat a modern shooter. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. All right.
0: Yeah, Diablo 3 is on my radar. Maybe someday. Yeah. I got a pretty... I looked at my Steam list, actually.
1: Got, oh,
0: yeah. I got to do it now. I looked... Um, Pre bundle this weekend. My my game count was at two forty five. Oh. Impressive. I gotta look at what it's at now because I'm sure it's I'm actually kinda scared to look at what it's at now.
1: I have no idea what I've bought.
0: Just awful. Uh well, anyway. Um well from sort of, you know, good fun gaming news. Um, have you heard about this thirty eight studios thing?
1: Yeah, that was that's a huge bummer. Can you there can you... was
0: can you sort of sum that up? Because I'm I'm a little confused. Like I understand that it's the state of Rhode Island and invested or something, and
1: I, I don't remember exactly, who, like who did what. But essentially, this um, the company had gotten a loan from I don't know, but they they were planning on moving from one state to another, or at least moving a part of it. So they'd secured this loan, but uh, they mismanaged their money. Essentially, m- management what. Uh, <laughs> Wasn't budgeting, and they presented a check to pay part of the loan, and it bounced. And uh, then stuff kind of happened for a couple of days. Employees didn't get paid, and then all of a sudden they got an email that said, uh, "We're closing it all down, folks." And yeah, um, I guess it just fell apart like something fast. Yeah, which is really too bad because there was a lot of talent attached to this game.
0: You know, here's—I don't mean to be rude, but I mean I heard about 38 studios, and I. 38 Studios was not something I recognized.
1: No, um, this that was their this was their first game really.
0: Well I, um, I, I read that they did some other stuff. They did um
1: They did Xbox Kingdoms of Amalur uh reckoning.
0: Well that's but, what they were making. That's what okay, well, well
1: No, they 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 put one out for uh for consoles, which was essentially a single player RPG, but they were working on an MMO for with that IP so and the 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 first game sold about one two one point two million, but they had to make about three million to break even, so they didn't uh yeah, so yeah, it just wasn't quite there but um
0: weird well, i know that they did um thirty eight studios okay thirty eight studios owned or was is big huge games was the name of the um development
1: company that was doing the kingdoms of mammal in uh um 38 studios bought big huge games
0: oh okay so big huge games got it all right so 38 studios was also involved with uh i think it's Catan, settlers oh on okay. xbox live oh i believe they huh. did that cool um like I had never heard of Thirty Eight Studios, really, in my sort of loop of involvement. But when I saw their logo, I'm like, I've seen that before. Like it, there was something else, and I can't remember what. But um, my my whole point was that so this Thirty Eight Studios news hit, and so I looked it up quick. Like what game? I had never heard of Kingdoms of Amalur.
1: Had you? No, that it's a entirely new IP that was created by um, a couple of people are involved. The guy that that did Spawn, um, and then Ari Salvatori, who wrote a lot of like, uh, TSR, uh, novels. So it was a completely new IP. Oh, okay. Um, so, yeah, the, so the Kingdoms of Amalur, Reckoning, Todd, was... Todd McFarlane, is that the yes. guy's name? yeah, you got it. And, uh, so yeah, I mean, it was huge. <laughs> but, <laughs> yeah, it all fell apart. It, it is too bad. Um,
0: God, uh, Somebody was mentioning somebody important in the game industry. The name I can't think of now. Roy Spritzer is the name that's coming to mind, which is completely wrong, I'm sure. But was saying that, that like, um, apparently like 75 million is what Rhode Island helped or something like this. And yeah, I don't know if they they up actually up like,
1: received all of it yet. But
0: I, I don't know. But and then it's up to like actually 110 million dollar <laughs> price tag is the actual debt of this game. Yeah. Yeah. But if they were to sell the rights to kingdom of amalur they'd get maybe 20 million yeah so yep it's uh it's too bad it it makes you wonder if it's like truly a case of real poor mismanagement or if it's a a, a stack of strange whoopsies or what i don't know
1: i've heard it was just a really really bad management and 38 studios was started by um a baseball player whose jersey was 38 and so he fronted about thirty-eight million or something like that. Um, <laughs> okay. Of course, the the big thing was he was a. No, no, I don't want to get political, but it was just brought up a lot that it was hypocritical that he was very. Um, uh, he he was very right wing, and he was um, basically criticized a lot of government stuff and you know using government money and stuff like that. And of course, oh, oops. <laughs> Essentially, Wall Street happened right there. And yeah, right. So it's like, hmm, I don't know. So interesting, interesting. Yeah.
0: Well, it turns out that, uh, you know, it costs 400-some employees, I guess. Yeah. Close yeah. to 300 at Big Huge Games. But I mean, the real yeah. thing of it is everything 38 Studios shut down, not just their Big Huge Games wing, which is what right. kind of hit the hit the news the most, I think.
1: Right. So... I mean, it was an ambitious project, but uh, it it always goes back to you have to have the right management, or the game won't happen. Yep. Well,
0: I, I uh, moving on, Tori. I have a question for you. Yes. Um, y- you know me, and uh, you know that E three is coming soon. Yeah, I've um, heard that you're
1: like, you know, you're casually interested in that kind I'm of thing. I'm casually interested in E three.
0: Um, I'm wondering, like. I don't know to what extent you've paid any attention, but do you have any like interests in it?
1: I honestly, I haven't heard. I haven't heard anything about it.
0: Not not looking at looking forward or look or reading anything up on it, or haven't heard anything anything in the wind. Or
1: I haven't heard anything about it actually. Okay. So I think you are going to have to uh, pull the weight here.
0: No, that's I. I would love to give my three <laughs> predictions. Let's um, hear it. I, I'm I'm totally for it. Um. Yeah, so well, E3, uh, I should mention first, um, so last year we did the, the we actually got the group together at Chatterbox for the streaming of the um, press conferences on the first day. So Microsoft and Sony and Ubisoft and some other game to, game uh, studios or something like Electronic Arts or something like that. they do the press conferences the first day. And so that's happening again this year. Uh, June 4th at Chatterbox. Uh, the posting is pending, I think. Has it happened? There's um, an email, has there? Maybe there has. I don't think I've seen that yet. Maybe it has. But... If not, I'm sure it'll beat our podcast out. But uh, So Monday, June 4th at Chatterbox. Join me and beer and E3 and probably a uh, earful of me, as we <laughs> watch uh, E3. So, uh, looking at the show notes, it's funny. I was just writing down notes about what E3 would be. <laughs> it's like two pages. Um, <laughs> I'm going to try to sum it up quick. I uh, all right. So E3, it's the Electronic Engine- uh, Electronic Entertainment Expo. It's a big deal to me because the the big names and games um, come out. What's most interesting to me is the three main players, Nintendo, Sony, and Microsoft. Um, Because they're, in addition to just making games, they're also doing other things, right? They have to feel the market for systems or hardware or, Mm -hmm. you know, and you've seen things that are just dumb moves, at least (laughs) appears to be by other stuff. And Microsoft is especially uh, famous for this sort of thing. But anyway, all right. So some of my predictions are, um, I think uh, games are going to be a really big deal. Um, but the sort of unfortunate thing, it's going to be like Halo This and Assassin's sure. Creed Redemption and and God of War, Call of Shooters. It, <laughs> like, like it, there's going to be a lot of these things, I think. I also think that there's going to be a lot of potential for third parties to kind of shine. Mm-hmm. I don't think there's going to be a lot of new ideas necessarily, but I think there'll be some interesting things we haven't seen or don't know about. Sure. Um, the, the biggest thing on my mind, uh, other than that, the thing that I'm most interested in seeing is Nintendo and mm-hmm. their Wii U announcement. So, well, last year they did their Wii U announcement. It's this year where it's at least I'm suspecting they're going to give us a lot more clarification on that and hopefully like some idea of when it's actually going to come out. And part of me is thinking that it'll be out by Christmas but I don't know if that's really feasible or not. Um, but it could be, I guess. I've heard that there are debug units out there, so mm. it definitely could be. I, it would make a lot of sense to get it out before Christmas. so
1: Especially to get a, a nice leg up on the 720 and PS4.
0: Yeah, and I'll, I'll get to that. Uh, so the, the Wii U is this, like, it's sort of like the Wii, um, but HD, and apparently it comes with a in addition to using the same nunchucks and Wiimotes, which I think is a smart move by them. Yeah. But in addition to that, it comes with a a lap-type kind of controller that supposedly is sort of like an iPad in a way, but more mm-hmm. in that games would be
1: integrated with it. Um, uh, I'm actually really excited to see what gameplay emerges with that controller.
0: Yeah, I'm wondering. There's There's a lot of potential for it to be good. It's sort of like the... Like when I first saw the DS, like the original (laughs) DS, I thought it was ridiculous—two screens, Mm -hmm. dumb. But when I got one, and granted, a lot of games don't really use it very well. Mm -hmm. But you don't—you don't also sort of don't need to. But the whole like flip open thing—it did really well, and some games did do a really good job with those two screens. Yeah. Um, I think that Nintendo and game developers, for that matter, can probably find really excellent ways. Mm -hmm. To make games better.
1: Well, the one advantage I think that the Wii U has over any other stuff that Nintendo has tried is that the technology has already been in existence for, like, in general existence for three or four years with with smartphones. So it's not, there's not a big, you know, leap of imagination that needs to happen to, you know, software is out there that lets you program this, even if it's not, you know, for the Wii U technology. The way to use it is already out there, so it's—I right. think it's easily accessible in that way.
0: Yeah. So, I'm really interested to see what they do there. Um, I think Nintendo—they're going to be the one to watch, in my opinion. Um, I think that with regards to consoles, like I think that uh, Nintendo is not going to say anything because they've mm. got sort of their Connect; they don't want to undermine that in a bit, and I think they really want to see what um Nintendo happens to have fallout sure from, from this i think they're going to keep a lot of eyes there and keep their their 720 or whatever they call it um kind of hidden i think uh there is a possibility that sony might hint at something like uh i don't think they'll come out flat with the ps4 and stats and stuff but i think that they might sony is in sort of this weird place i think they're in a tight spot is might personal feeling. Um, I think that they might at the end of their conference sort of hint at the future. Right. Um, Like, do you remember those commercials where they showed like PlayStation nine where the kid injected himself with like nanobots? And then he was,
1: I think I did. Yeah.
0: They had some like crazy PlayStation, PlayStation, you know, commercials where it was like the future and gaming was going to be awesome, but you could have it now on PlayStation (laughs) two. Um, I think that they'll hint at something. Maybe there's potential there.
1: You know what concerns me about the PlayStation, which also concerned me with PS3, is that they, I, they they've, there's a lot of ga- good games for it, and I'll give them that, and exclusives. But there's nothing about the PS3, all things being equal, like game release wise, that would make me want to get it, because Xbox has Xbox Live, we, uh, you know, Nintendo has its, its crazy gadgets, but PS3 is just the most powerful, which I don't really care about anymore. Yeah, so what, what's the draw?
0: Well, the selling point that they were really hoping to grab onto, because it works with the PlayStation 2, this is my opinion,
1: mm-hmm. was
0: the Blu-ray.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: You know, because PlayStation 2, it, it was like one of the cheapest, easiest ways to get a CD mm. player, or DVD mm-hmm. player. Like, I remember True. going over to friends' houses, and that was their DVD player. Was their PlayStation 2, or was it the PlayStation 1? No, it was PlayStation 2. True, yeah. Um, and so I think in, in a lot of households, I think that the gateway for for blu-ray was the playstation 3 as well but i don't know i'm i'm right there with you as i see these games and stuff that they have and nothing has drawn me you know i have an xbox and there's been numerous times where i'm like oh i should get a playstation and i'm looking at the price and i'm like yeah you know i've got all these games on the xbox exactly can't really do it um yeah i'll second that i Yeah. All right. Well, let me just jump in. Um, Let me wrap up my Nintendo thought. Um, (laughs) So Wii U, big deal. Uh, 3DS, I think they're going to try to throw some love at it one way or another. Mm -hmm. I don't know. Either they're going to really show some love for it, or they're just going to bandit it and say, ah, (laughs) it was funny we tried that 3D thing. (laughs) Um, But I suspect they'll try to love it. Uh, I I think they're going to, as I mentioned before, there's going to be a lot of games. So I think that Nintendo, in addition to the Wii U, they're going to be talking a lot about games for the Wii U, especially, and
1: uh, the 3DS. So. And who knows? Maybe they'll come up with like a 3DS power glove. Oh, God. I,
0: I, <laughs> yeah, I don't know. You know, Nintendo just might try it. Their peripherals on their, their DS and stuff weren't so hot. So I don't know. <laughs> it would be pretty damn funny.
1: You know, what, though, I, I, I at least I like that they try stuff that may not work at all. But I love that they try it because someone has to. Yeah, no, they look at the Wii. I thought that thing was yeah. dopey, and I'm all there. Yeah. I
0: didn't understand it until I saw a video of a four-year-old playing golf. Yeah, and I'm like, I need this gaming system. <laughs> like, I got it. That was the right. moment I got it. And right. you know, you just you couldn't. I couldn't get it until I saw that. Yeah. Um. And I I will definitely hand it to Nintendo. The unfortunate thing, at least for me, is how excited people get about another Mario game or mm-hmm. Zelda game. And they don't even care that the games aren't any good. <laughs> they just—it's just got that connection there. Um, Although they usually they do a pretty amazing job on them, though. Yeah, they do do a good job. They don't appeal to me exactly the way they're mm. supposed to. Is and it's me, you know. I'm, i am i feel that I've outgrown the, the Mario Galaxy kind of thing, mm. you know. I'm just not—I don't know. But I, I don't get sold on that with
1: Nintendo. So gotcha.
0: I—I I expect there's going to be a lot of. Uh, What do you call fanboyism? Sure. So to speak. Um, One prediction, I will say it will be a typical Nintendo fashion that it will be underpowered Mm -hmm. in comparison to anything else. Yeah. So, um, and there was some news about it. It will be able to use Unreal Engine 3, but not 4, which is, if that means anything to you, uh, it basically means that it's limited to some extent. Sure. Yeah. In today's uh, marketplace. Um Sony. Um I think that Sony is really gonna sell the experience of gaming. So mm-hmm. they're gonna do a lot of games. Um exclusive special type stuff I think is gonna be key. Um one particular is Dust five fourteen, which I mm. think is um which which is lends me to it I believe having seen it last year. That it was, you could play it on your mobile or on your PS3, and it would huh. take from one to the other. And the point I'm sort of bringing it up for is because I think they're going to go Vita crazy. Gotcha. Because the Vita has not been doing very well. In fact, mm. I'm pretty sure the Vita has been outsold by the the Go. Or the, oh, really? The, yeah, I don't, <laughs> it's not doing so hot. And part of that reason is because there's not a lot of um, game hype for it. So, sure. I've seen Sony's promising something like 20 games released so
1: well you know and so i think it's weird that they had so many iterations of like the uh, of their portables and it's like i don't know i feel like you need to have you need to kind of stick with one <laughs> otherwise you fragment yourself too much
0: yeah well it's sony they're trying you know they 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 go for money too Yeah. so some of their decisions seem to be like the go is a gaming mobile system but there is no discs. You can only buy mobile stuff. Right. And right. so, like, I get it. I kind of want it. But it's Sony. Mm-hmm. So there's not all these games that you already own on your PlayStation. You Your PlayStation, you know, whatever the one before the Go was called. What was it called?
1: The but, PSP? Yeah. It was? yeah. So it's
0: PSP, PSP Go. So now you've got all these games on your PSP if you had one that right. you can't play. And if you want to play them, you have to pay 30 bucks. Right. Yeah. I mean yeah not not i mean typical big business thinking right yeah. but not real smart at least in my opinion
1: um i mean nintendo's done the sort of the same thing which i don't think is too cool with the the ds and the dsi uh in the um i i guess i get the uh the 3ds because they're trying something completely different there but the uh, um yeah i don't know i don't know i don't think fragmenting your audience that much is all that helpful in the long run but i, I could be wrong i'm not yeah. i'm not running a you know multi-billion dollar company so I right i don't know i don't know
0: um well i think last year they showed the vita and it looked cool because it's got the back touch thing and they showed um uncharted somebody playing uncharted mm. and it literally to me looked like no fun because mm. it was like basically drag your figure right until he makes it across the dangerous spikes Sure, sure. You're not yeah. doing anything. You're just dragging right. I mean, there's yeah. no, it didn't really feel like gameplay. And then they're like, now when you're ducked behind cover, tap where you want to shoot and then mm-hmm. press shoot. And he will stand up and shoot everybody for you. <laughs> you know, and you're like, yeah. really? That's uh, It's unfortunate. Um. And then they only did one analog stick, right? Does the, uh, v- I don't, don't know. only have one analog stick? I, I don't know. Anyway, I, I'm pretty sure they're going to go Vita crazy and they're going to really promote games for it. So, um, Something I sort of expect out of, the, out of Sony is that they'll announce some sort of price drop on the PS3. Mm. And this partially in reaction to... Uh, have you heard about this deal from Microsoft? No. Where you can get an Xbox 360
1: for $99? No. It's a pretty good deal.
0: Um, you have to go to the Microsoft store. And it requires a subscription to Xbox Live. Ah, uh, yes. And I believe it's a... Yeah, I believe it's a one-year subscription at $15 a month. Ooh. Ooh. Um, of Xbox Live, yeah, which is normally only $12 a month, but apparently if you do it for $15 a month, you get an Xbox 360
1: for $99. Oh, it's like like a mobile device. They're hooking you.
0: Sort of, yeah. And it's... It seems like a really good deal, but in the end, it costs so much. It's ridiculous. Oh God, yeah, I bet. But it's it's still, you look at it from the you know paper, and there's an Xbox Three Hundred and Sixty for Ninety Nine Dollars. Right, right. So, um, there's a lot of talk in Sony's case of a cloud service of some sort. So something that would be like streaming games, like kind of like OnLive does sure okay sure don't exactly know much about that but that'd be interesting to see if they're actually thinking of that um one, one thing i am interested in sony is to see if they if they pimp or if they just forget about their move peripheral
1: mm, yeah yeah
0: it'll be interesting to see what they do with that because i don't think it's doing well um i don't know for sure but i i'm wondering if they'll even
1: mention it or if it just just kind of disappear. So I haven't heard m- too much about it.
0: Yeah. me I never hear anything about it. So whatever. Sony, in fact, has a lot of comedy am- around it in my mind with its thing like PlayStation home and the move thing. And mm. I mean, it's sort of interesting that they're trying these things as well, but it, and a lot of times I look at them and I'm like, why would I want to yeah. pay yeah. you money so I could build an arcade that I can walk around <laughs> in? Yeah. Um, all right, maybe. <laughs> so uh, that leaves me with Microsoft. Um, I'm uh, I'm expecting major disappointment with with Microsoft this year, which is I don't know. I'm I'm really excited to see what they eventually say about the seven hundred and twenty. Like I'm interested, whatever they call it. But I, I'm sure, pretty, gosh darn sure they're not going to say anything about it this year um
1: so they're i mean they're they're gonna have to do something about their windows mobile i'm guessing though because like i hear i hear like nothing about it
0: i yeah here's what i think i think that that microsoft is almost isn't going to be like hey there's halo 4 (laughs) and and you know whatever right you know maybe they'll Throw out some Gears of War or something or other, um, you know, or other exclusives if I can't, I can't think of it at the moment. But I think they're really going to be like, hey, we're going to have a new dashboard, and mm. the desk your 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 desk your Xbox dashboard is now going to act more like the Windows you know and love. Oh sure, including such things as a streaming music player, <laughs> and Internet Explorer, and some live crap and look more widgets you'll never use uh, <laughs> Yeah, this, and um i bang bang it yeah uh, right right i really expect them to do something dumb i think that they're i really feel that they're going to do this software kind of like thing and tie together you know or try to make it feel like windows 8 windows phone and Xbox are all coming together. Gotcha. Right. And I think part of that is for the future of what the the 720 will be. Right. Because I think that could be a really bright future where all those things actually are together. But, um, man, I, it'll be interesting to see what they do. Are they getting out of the game business? You know, and becoming more of this, like something else, which would be a total Microsoft maneuver. I think, (laughs) that that oh yeah yeah yeah. we can play good games but we're not going to put any focus on that we're going to become this thing where you can use um twitter with your (laughs) gamepad right (laughs) (laughs) yay facebook integration because we know how many of you out there own keyboards plugged into your (laughs) xbox it doesn't make any sense so um I guess I'm going to be reading or trying to interpret some of the things they do as what could be the way they're sort of thinking the future is for their console. Mm -hmm. But Mm -hmm. I think that they're going to do this, um, somehow try to mesh all these things together. And I think it's, it's bad because I think this whole windows phone thing sort of dominating the way windows eight is going is bad, Mm. like I don't, I, th- I don't understand why Microsoft thinks they have to be the same thing. Or, you know what I mean? Like, why can't you have an OS for, for mobile and phone and an OS for desktops? They're different things.
1: True. Although, I guess I could see their point in that they're trying to make it all seamless so that it's, everything's there. Although, at, at right now, you know, it's going to... I don't know how you manage that so well from a piece of technology that's so much more limited. Um, yeah, by, so by power. The only but... thing
0: I can think is it just ruins your desktop experience. Imagine now your desktop has no real file explorer. Right. Yeah. I mean that's. I don't know. I feel like that's the way Microsoft is going because they they severely limited my way to search and manage my files in Windows Seven. Mm. Like it's not as easy as it used to be. Finding things to run is a lot easier. You can use the mm. little Start menu and find your shortcuts to launch programs a lot easier. But if you want to know how big a folder is, it's like four clicks. It used to just <laughs> tell you. So I, I don't know. That's my concern. So sure. Um, I have a couple far out there predictions. Let's hear them. Um, I'm wondering if anybody will do some sort of like game rental thing. Um, Wii U is promoting a lot of more online gaming stuff, which Nintendo hasn't. Really addressed in the past much? Yeah, it's been terrible. Yeah, it's not been one of their core things, and their marketplace is horrific to use. Mm-hmm. You know, it's just awful. It's surprising they get. I don't know how they do sales. They, but I don't think it's really all that hot in oh, comparison. And their interface is just bad. Yeah, and I'm wondering if, not necessarily Nintendo, but it definitely opens the idea of why buy a game when you could rent it for the weekend? You know, almost mm-hmm. like a free trial, but pay six bucks and play the game for the weekend. Or sure, something. yeah. You know, you could probably do that. Um, you know, Wii U has this idea that the tablet is going to be used in the game, but what's to say that you couldn't just take a tablet and use it in a game already?
1: Sure, You're right.
0: So I don't necessarily know if... if The current systems can do it, but if Wii U has any showing at all, it it seems to me to make a very natural fit that you could have. um, So like the PS3 uses Bluetooth. That's how it connects its controller. Mm -hmm. So it's pretty easy to do other Bluetooth things connected to it. Sure. So you could do, say, an iPad and sell an app on the marketplace that is your map system or extra controller or something like that. Right. It, that goes with the game you're playing. I think that there, there's a market there. I'm wondering if if, if that could be the case. I don't think that's necessarily going to come out this time, but if Wii U does well, I think that's something the other people might think about. Mm, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then, uh, I don't know, I mentioned it already, the idea that Microsoft could, if when the next Xbox comes out, if it's connected in some interesting way with, um, you know, connect it with your zoom
1: and. Oh, breaking out the zoom
0: Yeah. No, can, you know, it, it's got potential if, if there's a way to really share your life between your phone, your gaming system and your computer in a very easy way. But like, why is there no Xbox Live on my PC? Why is there no gaming thing? Of equivalency from them, there is Xbox Live Online or whatever it's called, but it's junk. Nobody uses it. And there's a reason, right? right. So, no, so anyway, that's true. that that that's my thing. In summary, I think Nintendo Wii U is is going to steal the show, um, and it's going to give us a lot to talk about. Um, Sony is going to have to run the offensive here, and they're going. I think they're going to really the, pump the idea of being of uh, fun, right? They're going to mm-hmm. sell the experience of, of gaming. And um and I think they're going to promote the crap out of Vita that's going to make me want to buy one again. <laughs> even though I probably won't. Um, I think Microsoft is just going to flop on themselves, not realizing whatever. And I didn't even mention anything about Connect, but I, they're probably going to show different ways you can wave your hands. <laughs> so <laughs> I think that... Microsoft is going to aim at the casual audience a little bit too much and crap like internet Explorer being on your Xbox. I don't think people care about. Yeah. Um, But the long-term goal there is probably is what I'm interested in is to see if there's something failed in that potential for the future. So that's my, my E3 wrap up and I'm sure I'm going to have four or five hours worth of content to talk about the next podcast. (laughs)
1: Make a make another really short podcast on uh, the E3 epics.
0: Oh gosh, yeah, I like that. I, I just love <laughs> this stuff. This is the one time where, like, I'm actually really truly interested. Oh, okay, that's so. cool. Yeah, I, I typically don't care much about like games trying to sell me stuff, right? Like, I don't <laughs> care about Ubisoft or Electronic Arts and or Rockstar or whatever, this game coming out or whatever, tend to not care much. But like what the big players do in the big marketplace, that's a lot more interesting to me. And granted, they, you know, of course, they piggyback with the game releases and it's all about the games. I mean, I'm not trying to say I'm not interested. It's just like, right. you know, new God of War. Eh, you know, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, I played God of War. What, you know, are you, what are you, what's really different? Right, right. Um and like I called it before call of shooters. Yeah. Can't wait for yep. the new call of shooter movie or game to come out. You looking forward to that next version of the call of shooter game?
1: I don't, I don't even played him. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> call so. of shooter eight thousand shoot harder. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, uh, I mean that there, there's a huge audience for him, so they must be doing something right, but I haven't, uh, I haven't played any of those games yet.
0: Yeah, they're fun. I mean, they're fun in their own little way. Um, Yeah, I don't know. Either you like it or you don't. Right. And I think in a lot of ways, you just go to the new one because it's different. Yeah. Everybody else goes to it too, so
1: run with it. Well, at least, and this is just from what I can tell, is that it seems like they're really built for the multiplayer experience, except... It seems like you need to have a lot of time to have fun with the multiplayer experience because you'll just walk on and get wasted um, if you don't so know, know what you're doing so much.
0: <laughs> so, yeah. Uh,
1: at least that was my experience playing multiplayer in Halo 2 the couple times I played it. Um, and they had some kind of cool balancing things, so it got a little bit better after a little while. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I don't like just getting wasted time after time, especially when people have memorized the courses and I'm just like... Or grief yeah, or grief it or too. Yeah. Got,
0: yeah. One of my first experiences with uh, Team Fortress 2 on the Xbox was somebody running around just pooping out guns everywhere. <laughs> and the whole time in the background, somebody's going, ah, ah, ah. Uh, yeah.
1: I'm yep. Like,
0: what is this? Like, yep. why do people play this? Yep. And it turns out they don't play it on Xbox, they play it on PC. That's why it's <laughs> popular. So, <laughs> yep. So I, I'm I'm looking forward to the E3. Um, I'm sure I'll be disappointed in that. It, it, I get so excited, and then I'm like, "That's all they said." Finger tracking, joy. <laughs> I'm sure there'll be finger tracking announcements. <laughs> Shall we close her down? Yeah. Hey, everybody, thanks for listening. Um, we are the. International Game Developers Association Twin Cities Chapter Podcast.
1: Yeah. Getting ready for E3, y'all.
0: Getting ready for E3. Um, you can find us at IGDATC.org And as always, follow us on Twitter, like us on Facebook, um, comment on the podcast on iTunes or your portal of choice. Awesome awesome sauce full of code and goodness and
1: that's right that's right shiny happy particles well thanks for bringing the game in my friend yeah game on all right cheers
0: And the interesting thing that I alluded to was that's your I'm, I'm segueing to let
1: you say what it was right wait what the hash waves and notes
0: no 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 no. his presentation was oh not so snap. many
1: words hold on let me uh let me I got to put a little edit right here what is this 30 because I screwed it up Tori screws up handoff